We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. It is day two of the NFL Draft here on Rams Talk Radio. This is your host, Eric C. Apollo, with Brian Juwanu and Tommy Avance. The gentlemen from Rams Uncensored, they come over here today to, I guess, harass me a little bit and also talk a little bit of draft. We have a lot going on. I'm going to start with you, Tommy, first. What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just sitting back, uh, twiddling my thumbs, watching the Rams trade back and back and back and back. But they did draft... Uh, one of the players I had my eyes on, Taylor Rapp, so I'm a happy guy right now. 
Ryan, how you doing? I'm good. I think uh, – did I just see this correctly? The Jets just take Ja'Kai Polite? Yep, the 68th pick, the Jets took Ja'Kai Polite. Plenty of Rams fans are crying right now because they um, they love some Ja'Kai. He went to the Jets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I was looking at. I was like, I can't wait for see Twitter just explode right now for Rams Twitter. <laughs> Ja'Kai Polite, gone. All right, so, folks, hey, we're live. And so this is not one of your normal podcasts where I could go clean up or anything. We're going to just talk as we go. We're going to go over some of the draft picks from earlier. And, of course, we're going to hear Brian give his Derek voice. I've been waiting to hear this. Uh, so before we get into all that, we do want to let you know our show has been sponsored by Jim Hawk, the author of the book Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams. Lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some stories of his father and a team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Check them out. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spin the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Find Hawk's book online at hollowsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollywood's Team. It's available both on hardback and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Oh, and paperback on September 6th. Folks, it's a great read. It's If you love your Rams history, if you like a little bit of personal touch with it, it's a great book for you. And all benefits, all proceeds go to Homeboy Industries down there in Los Angeles. It helps people get out of the gang life and become productive members of society. So check it out. Hall was seen grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. All right, folks, and we also want to remind you that we're available both where, where just anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Also, you can find a podcast listed with Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information at your fingertips. Right now, we're in a contest. Five-star reviews. One lucky winner, once with 200 of those things, will get a 75 dollars gift to NFLShop.com. This is how it works. Head over to iTunes, leave, a five-star review sends an email at ramstop1945 at gmail.com with a copy of your entry so we know who to reward. We also will read your feedback on the show. We have some great shows here. We have Rams Uncensored. That's our Rated R podcast, hosted by these gentlemen. We have Butting Heads with Steve and Johnny, and of course our flagship show here, Rams Talk Radio, and soon Norman will be back with his new show, which will focus on breaking down film. So now we have all of the house cleaning done. I got to hear, Brian. What's, let me hear the Derek voice. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it sounds a little nasally. Am I that nasally? Well, just to be clear, this is just kind of how we make fun of Matt, actually, when he talks about you. So, <laughs> yeah, we give when Matt doesn't deliver like we need him to, uh, we pretend we are you. The boss, and we make up our own voice called the Derek voice. It literally has nothing to do with your voice. We're just picking on Matt. <laughs> that was a good man. That's awful nasally. My, I can't believe it's that bad. All right. Um, hey, guys, right away, before we even get to the pick, a lot going on, on the Rams. We're scheduled today to pick a pick 45. They trade down not once, but twice. I'm going to go with Brian first here. Brian, what were your thoughts of the way the Rams moved here? And did you do you like how this turned out for them? Yeah, actually, I think it's beautiful, to be honest with you. I mean, we pick up a couple extra picks. This draft is absolutely loaded. I think, um, you know, 
who we picked. I'll just leave that since we're not talking about him yet. We could have picked him at number 45 and everybody would have still been happy. So pick up a couple extra picks. We need depth. There's a lot of uh, spots, you know, as far as the O-line, DBs, linebacker, D-line, you name it. We, we need some depth. So this is great. I am sorry to interrupt you. We need to pause. The Rams have traded up. They're picking next. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their pick is in a, J- a Josh Oliver tight end. So this came a little bit sooner. We haven't even gotten to our second round pick yet, but the Rams are on the clock at pick 70. I'd like to know, I don't know if you guys can see it on social media, who they what they gave up. Uh, look. Not yet, but they did. I mean, they did move well, up. They, they did have four thirds before they moved up. So hopefully they didn't give up one of those. So, uh, we, well, they, I would think they maybe give uh, move, given up one at least and probably that fifth or sixth, that, that fifth they got. Right? No, they wouldn't give that fifth. Maybe a sixth? I don't know. It seems it seems when you it seems when you move up is when you get jacked the most, right? You guys agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. But they they were just a pick at at pick seventy nine though, so they didn't move up that far if they did. No, I'm going to switch over to the best available screen right now on ESPN.com. Chase Winovich is still on the board, gentlemen. Could be um, there's some corners there too. They have uh, yeah. Justin Lane. There are some definite needs though. But the, the, I, the thing that has me concerned with the Rams is the needs they have: defensive line, offensive line. Most of those guys are gone uh, at this point. There's some still available: Kalen Sanders, Draymond Jones are there. Uh, so, and those just popped up on the ESPN screen for that matter, those guys. I'm just curious to see what you guys think they should do here. Well, I think they're freaking out because Polite got taken so early because he wasn't supposed to go this early. So I'm thinking maybe they actually are going for another uh, pass rusher and they don't want to miss out. Tommy? Who would they take Um, If it was me, I'm taking Chase. You're going for Chase. Yep. Why not? Did you think he get picked by now, or is, or is this right about where you thought he get picked? Right about. Actually, he he fell a little bit further. I thought he would get taken in the second round. The amazing thing is he was more productive than Rashawn Gary was last year on the opposite side. It's a, it kind of blew my mind a little bit that he he weighed this. They weighed this long. Whoever was, it, whoever's weighing this long, go get him. But we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, one man's trash is another man's treasure. It's all opinion based. Bottom line, no matter how much scouting you do, no matter how many many people are barking on Twitter, it's all opinion. And that's it. You know, you you don't know who's going to turn out to be good until they get in the league and start playing. So I'm going to throw out a name here. I think they're going to go Jalen Ferguson. That's just my guess. That's your guess. I mean, it, yep. it's not a bad guess. I've seen his name pop up there. Yes. Oh, he's a he's a he's a monster from Louisiana Tech, six five two seventy one. He's a big boy. Did someone take it's a not pick? a bad pick, Brian. Not a bad pick. Yes, just a random guess. I'm not looking at any insider or anything. Well, I mean, there's there 
that what I liked about them moving down, we hadn't really got to it too much, is that there is still so much talent on the board. You mentioned a little bit, Brian. And I, I don't see the harm. I mean, to me, I was just wondering. I asked this on Twitter. The Rams take Taylor Rapp from Washington with their 61st pick. I think they wanted him at 45. So they may have gotten two extra picks for the price of moving down and got the guy they wanted anyways. Yep, here comes oh, wow. Jackie Slater to the stage, gents. Man, Jackie's doing some flying. He was just in L. He was just in L.A. at the Palladium on Tuesday. He's my official dream interview, by the way. Here we I'm, go. So. Daryl Henderson, running back, Memphis. Ooh, oh, that's yeah. A, that's a good okay. pick. Okay. Well, well that, tells, that tells you everything you need to know about Todd Gurley. Sure does. Well, let's, well since we're already here, let's analyze that, guys. How do you feel about Daryl Henderson? I'm going to start with Tommy. Uh, I've been watching the running backs, obviously, because we all know um, – Todd has a lot of miles, you know, from college and being in the league since 2015. So I've been paying a lot of attention to these running backs. And this was one of my top three guys. So I'm good with it. You're good with it. Brian, what are your thoughts here? Kid's a beast, to be honest with you. Um, I think he is explosive. I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um It'll give Todd Gurley a chance to not have to be out there and just run himself down and maybe actually save himself for the end of the season. Um, we still have plenty of depth other than that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, you got, weren't you guys comfortable at all with, with Malcolm Brown here? I mean, that would tell me you guys weren't. No, not necessarily, but you got to have three good running backs, in my opinion. And I love John Kelly, but maybe they're not infatuated with him after all. Maybe it's a work ethic issue, uh, retaining the playbook and pass protection information. That could be a problem. Who knows? And Malcolm's coming off an injury. Todd's knees are, you know, in an issue. So, uh, like I said, I'm good with it, man. Okay, so just checking out the NFL.com prospect, for those of you who don't know, him very well. Uh, we've heard his name mentioned, by the way, as a, a possible target for the Rams. Lance Zerline, the NFL analyst over there, has him projected to go rounds two and three, so this is about right. He has a chance listed to be a NFL star one day. Uh, slightly undersized, uh, doesn't isn't viewed as having great vision, runs the narrow base, that's quoting Lance Zerline, is a home, home run hitter, more than a home run hitter, had 43 carries this year of 15-plus yards, 11 touchdowns um, of 54-plus in 2018 alone. I I like the idea of what they're trying to do here. It's kind of, isn't it, flashback a little bit. Isn't this what we kind of hoped they would have when Todd was drafted and Trey Mason was there? Didn't we hope they would have a two-back? I know, that's, that's what I want. I wanted them to have a two-back set where they can rely on two guys to... to wear teams down late in the game. Brian, was that ever a thought in your mind maybe this is what the Rams could have had and maybe can't have now? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you see so many teams doing it, and, you know, the life of a running back in general, it doesn't matter how good you are. The life of a running back, if you're out there every down, you're just getting wore down. Like, you just don't have a good lifespan. So, yeah, no, this is great. To actually have another guy you can rely on to be explosive, to go out there, you know, thunder and lightning, whatever the hell you want to call them, like, this is a good thing. Like, this should work out well. And then you got Malcolm Brown, who's definitely dependable. And then I'm guessing John Kelly probably makes a team, and he just has some time to learn, man. He just never picked up the blocking. And we all know he can be an explosive runner, but he needs to pick up everything. So this gives him a little bit more time as well. Tommy, what are your thoughts here? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I agree with Brian. Just we need depth on this team. We went to the Super Bowl, you know, I – I know Steve was mentioning on Slack that he didn't like the safety pick, but we, you have 22 starters on a, a football team. How many available positions are open right now on the team that are going to compete in training camp for a starting position? What would we say, like four or less maybe? I mean, not very many. Yeah. So you, and, and like I said, also, these guys are rookies. You, you know, the guys on our team are not proven well these guys haven't even played in the nfl yet so they're absolutely not proven at least some of these other guys that we have on the roster have been on the team for a year right Mm -hmm. i mean we're gonna see a battle but there's only gonna be a handful of positions that are gonna be up for grabs everybody else is is starting taylor rapp got drafted today knowing he's a backup and he's gonna play special teams it is what it is you get to play in los angeles for a super bowl contending team i don't think he's upset about that by the so, way, the, by the, the found out details on this uh, yeah. pick. By the way, we gave up a lot. That's where I was going next. Go ahead and go. Uh, okay, yeah, we gave up the ninety fourth and 99th to go up to seventy. Ooh, ugh. yeah. Well, they but they still have the hundred and first pick now. Don't forget they got that tonight when they so, moved. Oh back. yeah, it's a we lot just of lost. Players. Yeah, uh, to go up. That. But they still keep pick seventy nine, so they're picking here in a few minutes. Yes, oh no, no, for sure. It's so just, it just feels like you're giving up a lot there. Uh, well, I to me that means they have to nail a pick seventy nine. They have to nail a pick seventy nine. You're going to have hope again. This is where it goes back to running back. Not necessarily need a bit of a luxury. They went and got that safety, the developmental guy for when Weddle or. Or hopefully never, John Johnson perhaps leaves. You have Taylor Rapp to develop there. So at 79, you're still looking what? Defensive line, offensive line, edge, corner. There's still a lot of needs there. And that puts us in a place where, again, we were just we were starting this when the pick came in, when the trade came in. Where do they go, Tommy? Where do they go? Where do they go next? Yep, where do they go next? I mean, interior offensive line wouldn't hurt, you know, or, I mean, you have to look at the board, but is there any inside linebackers available right now that are worth taking a 79? Not really. Not really. But, I mean, me, but not really. I was looking at the board right now. But there has been some talk of Clay Matthews playing inside. And if that's, that's the case, true. maybe maybe you go back over to what you were talking about before, to the edge. 
Chase Winovich, um, and guys like that instead. And the event, some so many people in Rams fandom here, Rams Twitter have mentioned the name Kalen Saunders. Did someone get him yet by chance? I mean, we've been just so rushed here. In terms I don't of, think uh, he's still sitting there, no. isn't he? Yeah, he's still available. Yeah, yeah he's I, there. So I mean, that that's a thought as well. Um, <laughs> so just just checking into our guys, our our team's chat here. Steve just commented in our in our team's chat here. Ramps talk. Well, doesn't make me feel good about our sixty million dollar running back. <laughs> talking about Todd Gurley. Um, what does this do with Todd Gurley now for the Rams? Does it really do anything? Is this or is it just about saving his career? Brian, insurance insurance policy. <sighs> It's a little bit of both, I guess. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, he definitely was hindered. So, not only an insurance policy, hell, this kid might have to come in and really play. We don't know yet. Tommy? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we can beat this dead horse. We need depth. Todd Gurley, we don't need Todd Gurley to be the next LaDainian Tomlinson. You guys remember him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the best running backs of all time. Every time they were in the playoffs and went deep into the playoffs, he was nowhere to be found. Um, sitting on the bench with his helmet on and his visor, injured, or whatever the case may be, every single time because he had 300-plus carries in the regular season every season. So if we can avoid that and make sure that Todd is physically able to perform in the playoffs, then that's all that really matters. Well, there's something to think about here, too. That If you go back a couple months ago, the Athletics of Indian Bones in your head, an article out where you talked to somebody about the rumors, the doctor about the rumors of him, of Todd having arthritis. And in the case where Todd would have arthritis, he was saying they expect him to only have one more year, essentially, of um, of being elite, and then we're going to start seeing him go downhill. Now that money's guaranteed, that contract's guaranteed, and the Rams could be on the hook for six seasons of this guy, of Todd. So, to me, if you can bring in somebody who you're going to have under control for four years, of those six years, and limit his carries, limit Todd's carries, and eventually they'll, he may become the starter... I think that will help minimize the damage in case what we're hearing is true about arthritis. That's the only way I can see at this point. No, absolutely. And, hey, j- just a thought. I was kind of looking at the board. And, um, you know, if we are looking for another uh, outside linebacker to rush the edge, J- Ja'Kai Polite's uh, running mate, Vishon Joseph, is still available. And that guy was a beast as well. Just throwing that out there. So we're starting to see a run on running backs here, too. The, the Bears just take David Montgomery from Iowa State. We're getting close to the next Rams pick. I want to backtrack a little bit. Taylor Rapp is the 61st pick of the draft from the Rams. It is a an interesting pick for a few, but a lot of us expected this pick. Tommy, I know you were excited about it. You started getting into it before. Why were you excited about this pick? I mean, <clears throat> I wanted Taylor Rapp before we signed Eric Weddle. Um, I just like the way he plays. He's instinctive. 
he's a cerebral player and those are the kind of guys you need at safety you need the guys that use their head um eric is a perfect example of that type of safety he's constantly baiting quarterbacks into throwing the ball in the direction that he wants to to get interceptions or get better angles on the ball so he could break up the pass um taylor's really good at that too and he's going to learn a lot from eric so having them both on the team is going to be good for us. And if, and you know, if Eric gets injured, we have somebody to come in and get it done. So it'll be fine. I think it's a good pick. Brian, what were your thoughts on the pick overall? Um, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I, I liked him a lot. I also like Chauncey Gardner um, Johnson. So, I mean, it was basically same pick. I was thinking safety. Um, so yeah, no, I was, I was a hundred percent with either of the guys, like I said, I think we could have got either of those guys at 45 and been happy, and there we are. We got them trading back. So I, I'm okay with the extra picks. I'm okay with the position. Um, you know, Weddle's a great player, but he's getting up there in age, and, you know, we need that insurance. We need that depth. Gotcha. So Bruce Feldman just I tweeted this not too long ago. So the Rams snagged Taylor Rapp. Love that pick. UWDC Jimmy Lake told me Rapp is the smartest college players ever coached said rap played four positions every game is a good tackle good range with really good range chris peterson raves about his toughness too so if you're nervous about taylor rap one thing the rams have shown under mcveigh and sneed together is they want smart football players they want guys who think this stuff through and they got themselves another one this time Packers are picking now, pick 75, get inching close to the next Rams pick, um, waiting to see who they take. Other things happened, guys, in this second round. The big story that's kind of, for much of the second round anyways, was kind of hanging over, was what the heck is going on with Josh Rosen, quarterback for our rival Arizona Cardinals. He gets traded to the Miami Dolphins, finally. What were your thoughts on, and you're also from the area. You guys are out there in SoCal. You saw Josh Rosen play a lot. What are your thoughts on what happened there, Brian? You know, I think it's just Arizona botched this situation. I, I get it, but, like, they botched the situation. Um, you know, bringing a coach in for one year, bringing in a guy, and then literally the next year going and getting another. I mean, I, I get it, uh Kingsbury, he needed to bring in his guys. So that's that's fine. And to be honest with you, I am shocked that they got the value they got for him because they should have traded him much earlier. But they still got a second-round pick for him. So in the end, I think it's fine. I think that Rosen is a smart player. I think he has a big arm. I think he has potential in the league. I think he's also full of himself. <laughs> and he needed this kind of reality check. So this might be a good thing for him. It gets him away from the West coast, gets him away from home. He's a Manhattan beach boy. You know, he, he probably needed a slap in the face. So I think maybe the change of scenery would be good for him. Arizona gets the guy they want. I hope he sucks and we'll move on. <laughs> Tommy, your thoughts on the situation. Well, I mean, I've never been a fan of Rosen. Brian made the point. He's kind of a douchey dude that I wouldn't hang out with, so I wouldn't want him on my team. Um, I mean, he had a jacuzzi in his dorm room, for Christ's sake. 
You know, I'm just not a fan of dudes like that. When he got drafted, when they were interviewing him, even pre-draft, just the smirks he had on his face when he was talking told you everything you needed to know about him as a person. Um, so I think it was a good choice for Arizona to get rid of him, send him to Miami and start over. I mean, listen, the Detroit Lions never would have had Calvin Johnson if they didn't draft all the other wide receiver busts the three years previous to that pick. So sometimes you just got to keep churning away until you get the right guy. I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. Maybe it mirrors Brian a little bit. Is It it really kind of is distasteful to me that the Cardinals handled this the way it did. And, I mean, say what you want to say about Josh Rosen personally as a, as a person, just as a guy who behaved in the way that you guys are mentioning. I, I can't believe that the Cardinals actually handled things the way they did here. And then people are upset with Josh Rosen today for unfollowing the Cardinals account. They crapped on this dude from day one, never had a real shot. Came in there, had no offensive line to protect him, had no real weapons, had one running back who came back from an injury. The defense didn't really do his job like it needed to do. The, there was nothing about that offense at all that remotely gave him a chance to succeed, kind of like how Jared Goff was in his rookie year, and then they give up on him. They hire a coach not to prepare him, but to basically ship him out. They didn't hire a coach to help prepare him. And then they wonder why he unfollows him on Twitter and everybody's throwing a fit about that today. And then they, you know, I, I, I take a different approach. Do I think he's probably a jerk? Well, you guys saw him a lot more than me. So I'll go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you guys on that one. But who wouldn't be kind of ticked off when that's been your story since you went to that team a year ago? Who wouldn't be ticked well, off? Derek, you know who also was a jerk? Dan Marino, and he turned out okay. I mean, he's not so much of a jerk anymore either, by the way. Okay, well, he was. <laughs> Just, yeah, he did turn out okay. And I think that in Miami, he has a chance of trying to build something down there. I, I kind of like what Miami's been doing in this draft, by the way. So, I mean, his career may wind up being a lot brighter. And to be honest, with the AFC East churning the way it's going, and we're starting to see... I think we're starting to see the end of the of the Patriots dynasty. This is a chance for Miami and New York and Buffalo to try and move up there. Where I think the NFC West with the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks just getting better. I think it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to come back in that division anytime soon. Yeah. I just have this feeling that Washington is going to take a wide, uh, quarterback right here. Just just a weird feeling. <laughs> the Washington takes wide receiver Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Uh, oh, Ohio State guy, you guys know that. That's a solid pick. It never, I think, lived up to his full potential there, but he was very dependable. Uh, good receiver for, that, for what the Redskins are looking for. And it happens to be Dwayne Haskins' battery mate there. So, good pick. Other things going on. What so, surprised... Uh, I just got an update, just real quick. Sure. PFF was saying that Daryl Henderson was the best running back in college football last season, according to PFF's ratings. So, I have a, I mean, I was going somewhere else, but you mentioned PFF, and we have some really good buddies over there at PFF, by the way, but I have to ask this question, because sometimes it's not just about the data, but about who you play, and oh, yeah. you guys have seen Daryl Henderson play. You've seen, you've watched his film, and... Is he as good as they say he is, or is the fact that he played a weaker schedule 
Does it matter at all? Tommy, I'll start with you. Does. I mean, it can. It, you know, if the defenses that you play are super vanilla and, you know, I mean, we all watch college football. They don't play a lot of defense in college football overall. There's a handful of good defenses, but wide receivers are running wild. You know, running backs are grabbing the ball from a draw and there's a, a gaping hole um a lot of times so yeah it could be a it's a definite you know learning curve when you go from you know seven thousand plus college football players to the elite 1500 or so um but i honestly at the end of the day don't think it matters i think it matters on the person that you're drafting and how good he really is you'll find that out once you get to the nfl um i think he's I didn't think we were going to take um, him at all, and I'm very excited that we did because you got to have good running backs, man. And this guy's really good, and he's a bruiser. Uh, the Patriots take Chase Winovich at pick 77. Bye. Yay. Oh, lordy. Ouch. <laughs> oh, that just made me nauseous, man. <laughs> the Patriots. Okay, and they're showing his highlights right now. So All they do is troll us, man. Like <laughs> they are they will forever haunt the Rams franchise dreams. Forever. They, and they just did it again for me. Um, the Miami's up now and then the Rams are up and we've we've already talked about this or you know, there are several holes here. Uh also, I want to know what you guys think here. What was the worst pick of the second round for you? The worst pick? The worst pick that anybody took in the second round. Who was it for you? What the second round real quick? Oh, uh, man. I mean, I know there's definitely some stuff that was questionable, but I need to find it. I think Tampa Bay... Pun intended, bunted a little too early with Sean from Central Michigan. They did. Is that the worst one there? Trayvon Mullen from uh, Clemson. That's a pretty decent pick. Dalton Risner going to the Denver pretty good. Drew Locke. Some people had him going at 10. Instead, he goes to pick 10 in the second round. Um, the Lions get Jelani Tavai. Elgin Jenkins goes to the Packers. Joel... Juwan Williams goes to the Patriots. Patriots are building that secondary. Uh, Greedy you know Williams. You know, you know who I think the worst pick of the second round is? DK Metcalf. <laughs> really? Because he Why? went to the Seahawks? I think that the Seahawks reached. That dude's a one-trick pony. He knows how to run a freaking deep route. That's about it. His cone drills are absolutely awful at the combine. He was slower than freaking Tom Brady. Tom Brady. G. Willikers. Golly G. Yeah, but he, his numbers everywhere else were outstanding. That's what got him on thinking. That's what got people thinking he's going to be a first rounder, anyways, is because of his, the rest of his numbers there at the combine. Don't forget. And here's one more thing, too. I don't know if you guys saw the news. It's kind of sad, actually. Doug Baldwin, there's a really good chance he's never going to play in a game for the Seahawks again. That just was reported oh, today. His, he I did may not have played that. his last game of his career, had, and it has. Uh, injuries that will that could keep him from ever taking the field again. That was reported today. So, in that respect, to me, the pick makes sense if they develop him. He needs this guy has all the physical tools, right? But can they develop him to be more than just 
a one-trick pony. Do they have time? If Doug Baldwin doesn't play, do they even have time to develop him? That's the real question. I mean, it's a fair question here. I, you know, I'm looking at Tristan Hill for the Cowboys. I'm looking at Lonnie Johnson from the Texans. The Texans need some offensive line help. What are they doing? How about Drew Sample, a blocking tight end for the Bengals? That might be my worst one. I saw that too. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that one as well. Uh, Marquise Blair, safety for the Seahawks. I'm not real thrilled with that pick if I'm you know, on the outside here looking in. Those are my worst ones. Which one's your worst overall? Man, I'm loving I'm I'm loving all these bad Seahawks picks because everybody's saying their first rounders were bad too. They got a bunch of them. They get, they they have the advantage of going and get a, a bunch of picks of all these trades, and and they can say swing and miss on a couple. They're going to be okay. Yeah, but Me, meanwhile, meanwhile, guys, we our picks up. They're about here, to go uh, announce it right now. Here it comes, and it looks like is that Jackie again. That sure is Jackie Slater. Jackie, if you ever listen to our show, man, like I know it's a long shot, but come on the show. We we love to talk to you. There's my plug. Is your unplug? Man, get somebody else that knows them to get them on your show. Mike, Mike knows them. We're working on it. Oh, there you go. So here we go. Who is it? David Long, cornerback, Michigan. Well, we need okay. a corner. Yeah. David Long, cornerback, Michigan. That means in the first three rounds as far, the Rams have not addressed either the offensive or defensive line. How do you guys feel about cornerback David Long here? I'm going to start with Brian. Um, you know, actually, I thought he was a pretty decent player. Um, he's, he's got good size. He's got uh, good speed. He definitely played pretty well uh, for Michigan, but and and I definitely feel like it was a need. I mean, next year we're probably not going to bring back Keeb, and who knows if uh, Peters comes back. So there's definite need there. What do you think, there, Tommy? Um, in the secondary, you need good feet and good hips, uh, and he has that. Um, he does have quote unquote shorter arms, but those measurables drive me crazy. Stuff like that. Um, I care more about how you how fluid you are in your lower body um, at that position because defensive back and safety are probably two of the hardest positions in. Because you're covering people that are running routes. They know where they're going. You have no idea where they're going. So your reaction time needs to be much faster than theirs to be able to prevent from getting smoked. Um, so he has the qualities that I like in a corner. Okay, so this is what NFL.com has for him in their, in their draft profile. He's, he's rated as a chance to become an NFL starter. He, by the way, came out of Los Angeles, Loyola High School, so he's going home. That's got to be nice. 40-yard yeah. dash, a 4.45, so he's got the speed. He's got a nice nice vertical jump, 39.5 inches. Uh, but you mentioned his hips, has great hips. Um, he is a guy who lacks height, length, and, and make a burst. That's quoting the, the article there. But those 
issues have rarely ever came back to haunt him before. Weather tested, has good footwork, has good strength, compact and physical. Those are the, the strengths, weaknesses that are, they have listed here include can be stacked by big bodies, a shorter target throw over into cover two. Well, they're not going to play cover two very often, so I'm not worried about that. Um, teams may view him as scheme dependent. Well, we we know what the scheme the Rams are playing. I think this looks to be to me a pretty good pick. I'm. We knew they were going to take a corner, right? We all knew that. That was a no-brainer, given the fact the Rams only have one cornerback under contract for after next season. Just one. So they need to start moving there. So, any question, do we, have any, do we have any more picks tonight, or is that it? We have no, we one do. more at pick 101. Okay. Pick. I thought we got rid of that one. We didn't no, get rid of that That's right, that's right. So, again, just for the recap, we tonight's picks thus far. Safety, Taylor Rapp, coming from Washington. Memphis is Daryl Henderson, running back. And cornerback, David Long. Guys, here's my concern. There is a definitive need both on the offensive and defensive line. And the Rams have not really gone there yet. What are your thoughts about that? Or is it really as big a concern for you as it maybe is for me? Tommy, what what do you think? I don't see it as a huge concern. I mean, at the end of the day, what are we really going to do about it? We have a handful of draft picks, which are obviously going to be unproven players. We have a bunch of one-year players like Jonathan Franklin Myers who can fill in for Indomitian Sue, Brian Allen, give him a shot at center to compete, and no bloom at left guard. And everybody else stays in their, you know, in their place that they were already at. So, like I said before, we don't have a lot of holes. Um, you got to start, you know, giving the players that you drafted an opportunity to be able to control your salary cap on an annual basis. You can't keep, you know, like Rams Twitter wants to sign every free agent that's on the market mm-hmm. every year, and I'm sure every fan base is like that, you know. But at the end of the day, you have a salary cap that you have to adhere to, and if you don't start putting in players that are under rookie contracts, you're going to have a problem. Brian. Um, defensive line, I'm not really so worried about. The offensive line, I am actually a little bit worried about. I mean, last year, that I mean, the offensive line was the issue when we had problems last year against the Saints, against the Bears, against the Patriots. And it was the interior. And we got a couple guys that we might be filling in with, or we may be drafting or bringing in undrafted. I'm not really sure, but we lacked depth last year and we're definitely lacking it right now. So, I mean, we still have a lot of players we can still bring in. And so we could be fine, but I am a little concerned about the offensive line. And again, there's still our pick there. The Rams just going back down, look at the Rams remaining picks here in the draft. they have pick one Oh one. I'm just going to look, just making sure I have my, um, my notes here right. They pick 101. They also have, let's see. You guys see it for tomorrow? Yeah, they have the 31st pick in the fourth round, the 29th pick in the fifth round, the 31st pick in the fifth round, and the 37th pick in the seventh round. 
So with that in mind, to me, the Rams have done a real good job getting getting guys in the third and fourth round especially to be effective in the rookie year. And so I'm concerned now that right here with one more third and one fourth, that they got to find some guys who could be solid contributors. And like Tommy said, maybe not starters, but contributors. And I'm looking at death on the offensive line and death on the defensive line. That's where I'm favoring them. That's why I ask you guys that question. Is there anywhere else you look for them right now to maybe add some depth, or is this where you want to pinpoint, Brian? What was that question again? Sorry, I was looking at something on Twitter. Sorry. You got to go there, too. Um, no, I'm yeah. saying with, with one-third and one-fourth round pick left, to me there's obvious needs. You guys have mentioned a little bit about – you did, Brian, on offensive-defensive yeah. line. That's your concern there, especially offensive line. Uh, Tommy, you mentioned that you, you're not looking for necessarily starters but contributors. The less need teams typically have in that third and fourth round. They've been that's where they've been finding those contributors and potential starters. So, is that where you go next? You go to the line next, or you look, or is there somewhere else you want the Rams to look? As far as the interior lines, yeah. You want, yeah, you know, no, right now guard? we got, yeah, we got one more third round pick, either take a defensive tackle like Kalen Saunders or look at um, some guards or tackles. Why not? You know, um, you know, I, while I agree with you, Tommy, at the same time, I'm kind of a best player available guy. So, you know, it depends on what's available. Once we come back up again, there's a lot of picks in between there. And now I, I'm not, I don't want to reach for a guy if, for need, I mean, we could bring in plenty of bodies undrafted if that's the case, and there's always somebody that pans out out of those. So, well, Rams have been very good at bringing I, those guys in. Yeah, while I want offensive line and while I want defensive line, I, I'm still a best player available kind of guy. Yeah, I would never reach for a position if a guy, you know, like. Uh, Kalen Sanders is available at 101. That's technically not a reach, so he would he would fit that mold of not being a reach and be able to fill a need as well. Okay, but really I agree. I mean, who knows? You can only hope. I don't think he'll be there. He probably he'll... won't be. I won't be. He probably won't be, but, you know, anything's possible when you're drafting. Uh, okay, I'll give you my worst pick of the draft right now. Right, how about the go. Denver How about the Denver Broncos taking the other tight end in the first round from Iowa? How weird was that? I mean, I, I didn't understand that one one bit. What do you he guys? was considered the second best tight end in the draft, so if you want to go there, it kind of made sense. Well, he was – but he was – the best receiving tight end in the draft. Hawkinson was yeah. regarded as a total package, but the best receive the, the Broncos don't have any weapons. So it kind of makes sense in that respect. They're looking for weapons, but then why wouldn't you go for a receiver? Yeah, I don't know. That one, we'll see how it pans out, but I wasn't a fan of it. I thought Cleveland Farrell was the worst pick of the draft. No, 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 no. no. Daniel Jones. The Giants was, I mean, was the worst pick of the draft. Probably. I mean, let, let's be honest. Everyone reaches for quarterbacks every year. Now, hold on, hold on. You guys are going to laugh at this, but now while I think at number six, yeah, why the hell are you taking them? 
I did think he was the best quarterback in this draft, and I don't like any of the quarterbacks in this draft. So let me let me put that caveat. I didn't like any of the quarterbacks, but I thought he was the best of them. Why did you think he was the best of the quarterbacks in this draft? I think he played with horrible talent around him. He never had time to throw the ball. He actually had an accuracy rate of 77%. Um, he had a lot of drop balls. He had just horrible talent around him, and he played against really good talent. So he's got a big body, big arm. He's actually mobile. I think if he has time to develop, which maybe, maybe not, but I think he could be a viable starter in the league at some point. Well, I don't think any of the rest of these guys, you know, my number two quarterback in this draft is Will Greer, and he's still sitting there, not drafted. Man, we're going <laughs> to, on last night's show, I went out with Johnny a bit because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the Dwayne Haskins train. And uh, you don't even have Dwayne Haskins in your top two there. I, I'd love to hear why. Um, I watched Dwayne Haskins quite a bit. Um, I've seen him play live, actually. I was at the Rose Bowl. He wasn't very accurate. He kind of stared down guys. He just didn't seem like he wanted it to me. There's just something about his attitude, something about the way he talks. I don't know. Just something turned me off about him. I just really didn't like him. And maybe I'm wrong, but I just have this feeling. Something about him was not right to me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Brian. The will for me is what I look at in a lot of these young men. You have to stare into their soul if you're going to pay these guys this much money, you know, to join your team and join the professional ranks of football, so to speak. So you got to find the guys that want to be there, that want to really be there. I mean, look at the difference between guys like Ryan Leaf and Payne Manning, right? One of them wanted it, one of them didn't, and it was obvious. Some of these guys get pushed in to sports when they're little kids by their dads, and they hate it the whole time, but they do it because they feel they don't have a choice. They're kids and their dads, this is what you're going to do, or if you don't like it, you can get out of my house and blah, blah, blah. And by the time they get to the NFL and make it and get that first you know, rookie deal, they kick their feet up, get kicked out of the league, and they don't really care because they got a boatload of money, and they don't have to listen to their dad anymore. So they're like, peace out. I mean, you see it all the time. That's why they're called busts. A lot of them just don't want it. And I don't know if this kid does or not. We'll find out. But I'm not sure I mean, about I him. I watched him enough to go, yeah, he wants it. I mean, I saw him I saw him taking what people don't really understand about Haskins. I mentioned it last night is that he basically took over the same offensive system that that JT Barrett played in, but JT Barrett was wasn't doing well in that system in his last year there. Barrett gets hurt in the mission game. Haskins comes in and the biggest, you know, the mission game is is your UCLA USC, you know, it's that's your that's it. He comes in, brings that team back and they win that game that year. And then comes in this year and sets all kinds of Ohio State records. But what impressed me with him is well you mentioned, you know, he's his footwork isn't always the best. He will sit down a receiver from time to time. He's not perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. But he has a great deep ball. He's actually very accurate. And the one thing that you guys probably don't know, he's actually very intelligent, very driven. And so maybe him not going to the Giants was a great thing for him because now he's going to go home. He's going to play in front of his hometown fans down there in in Maryland. And uh, to me, that would be a motivating factor right there. I saw him step up in games where 
Ohio State needed him to, and he he led that team. The desire is definitely there. So, Derek, just to cut this short real quick, you just compared Ohio State and Michigan to USC, UCLA. So you're saying that that, that game's just a bunch of sub-bar players playing against each other? That's what no, I'm not. I'm not. But what I'm saying, I'm talking in terms of, I'm talking in terms of the rivalry itself, like the rivalry, you know. And remember, I I was I can't tell if you're trying to mess up there or not, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember I was I became a Rams fan because I was military brat stationed out there in L.A. I grew up on two rivalries, USC and US and UCLA in the late '80s when Troy Aikman was there, and Ohio State, Michigan. Okay, and so back then when UCLA was good with Troy Aikman playing quarterback, I that that those are the two major rivalries I grew up with. I didn't grow up liking Alabama Auburn rival. I, that was it was USC and, and UCLA and Ohio State Michigan for me. Okay, well I didn't like either of those two rivalries. I like Florida Florida State. That's just me. But I mean, in terms of player, I'm just talking about. The stress of the situation, the pressure that comes with playing a rivalry game, a major one. Would you rank? Where would you rank the USC UCLA rivalry in, like, in terms of college college football rankings? Bottom ten. Bottom bottom ten. I I think it's a bunch of people that act like they know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, sorry, excuse my language. G Willikers. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, there, there's a lot, and Tommy could probably attest to this a little bit. There's a lot of people in California, especially Southern California, that claim to be USC or UCLA fans that know nothing about the sport. So they're all at each other's throat that know nothing, and they just go all hardcore. And I don't know, that doesn't really constitute rivalry to me. I mean, yeah, is there a time and place where they both were good and played against each other? Yes. But how long ago has that been? There's been a couple instances here and there scattered throughout history, but it doesn't feel like that big of a rivalry. If you were to look at it from outside of Southern California, doesn't feel that big. I could think of so many other bigger ones. Yeah, I agree with Brian. And growing up in Los Angeles my whole life, I can attest to the behavior of sports fandom here. And listen, I'm going to rip my hometown a little bit. I don't care what anyone has to say. I'm going to keep it real. A lot of people here don't know jack squat about sports. They just roll around with gear on, popping their collars, thinking they do, and thinking that they're fans, but they're not. Just like they go around and saying, In-N-Out Burger is the best burger in the world, and I don't want to hear anything else. Like, It's just it's ridiculous. Okay, give me a break. There's so many bandwagon sports fans in this town it's unreal i understand there's a lot of transplants here and and those those fans are fine but there's a lot of bandwagon sports fandom that goes on in southern california so the rest of the country when they rip on us a little bit fair enough i mean you're gonna find that in any major population center though you're gonna go to new york city you're gonna have your standard yankees and and giants fans and so on and so forth and they're gonna have your bandwagon jumpers and you go same if you go down to atlanta or especially atlanta miami chicago you're going to have your bandwagon jumpers so i mean when you have yeah, millions I, of people may even transients moving in who you're going to you're going to have those you know, 
I'm here in Youngstown, Ohio. Loads of Cowboys fans here. What the, what the heck? The Steelers are an hour away. Seriously? Yeah, but we're talking but we're talking college. So just put away the pro sports. The college fan is supposed to be like the most diehard. Like when they're into it, they're into it. But Agreed. in Southern California, they're not. Mm-hmm. That's what we're getting at. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch college football because I'm a fan of it. I watch it because, to me, college football is a farm system for the league I watch, which is the NFL. So I've never really – I mean, I root for USC because they're right here. But I don't care. I didn't go there. I didn't go to school there. I didn't go to college. So I don't care. I just look at it as a farm system every year, do my homework for the draft, and move on. It's just not for me, you know. Just not. There's, they don't play a lot of defense in college. I'm just not a fan of it. It's really weird hearing you guys talk about it that way because you know I I did go to Ohio State. You know I I grew up. My dream school wasn't Princeton or a Yale or anything like that. It was good Ohio State. And when I I just you know when I discharged the military, that's where I went. I went to Ohio State, got my degree, and and I've been living, eating, drinking Ohio State football. Just as long as I've been eating, living, drinking Rams football. It was really weird. There he goes. Kalen Saunders pick 84 of the Chiefs. Ah. Oh, Jake is crying a river right now. I know I know Tommy's gotta be on it. Why me? Oh no. What did I do to deserve this? Alright, so moving on. Um, (laughs) so there you go. We're getting into a college football conversation, poking fun at our friends over downtown Rams a little bit. And of course, talking more draft, by the way, you guys mentioned Jake and how's Rams Twitter been tonight, especially over the last hour or so. You guys been checking that out at all? Oh yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a mixed bag. I think some people are smart and they understand what's happening. They understand that Snead is actually acquiring, you know, more players, more depth, cheaper values. While other people think he's high on crack. I mean, everybody <laughs> everybody wants that premium pick. They're sitting there and they're salivating. Man, if they could have traded up to number one, they would have. So. It's a big mixed bag on there. I, I think the people that know what they're talking about understand it, but you know, we're not ta- unfortunately, and I think this probably goes for every fan base. We're not talking about the most intelligent people all the time. That's every you're you're gonna have your geniuses, you're gonna have your jerks, you're gonna have your your know it alls, and you're gonna have your overrated folks who don't know anything about the game. Hey, uh, by the way, Sosa K from over there, Turf Show, his comment. Ten, y'all, man, you got no clue how much I love the David Long pick. Taylor Rapp was great too. Was great too. I know next to nothing about Daryl Henderson, but he looks pretty solid. One more pick to finish out a strong day for the Rams. So he's not stressing about the lines. Um, Blake Casher was a guy we had on our show. He's still out there at linebacker. By the way, uh, that was a name that was being flashed a bit. Many people thought he'd go in the second round. Uh, anything else you guys are seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing people just don't like to proofread their tweets and uh, <laughs> send them out. So there's just all kinds of – and I'm not talking about spelling errors. I can care less about that. Just 
complete the sentence. <laughs> if I read some of this stuff out loud, it sounds like caveman are typing. Well, here we go. John Johnson, one of our favorites oh, yeah. here. He's, his tweet just a couple minutes ago, I'm so happy, man. So he's liking the draft. He's happy with it. He, he also tweeted a few minutes earlier when we trade back, like, for the fifth time or whatever, saying, Wes needs cooking something up. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah, I love that tweet. That was a good one. Yeah. So Todd Gurley, his tweet in relation to Daryl Henderson, says, yes, sir, congrats, bro, dreams to reality. So he's welcoming a little bit of help there. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'll send you guys about Doug Baldwin. Here it is, Adam Schefter. This is the actual tweet. Just to, give, just to add some clarification here. At the age of 30, Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin might be unable to play again due to the cumulative effect of multiple injuries per sources. There is a real chance that Baldwin, one of the Seahawks' best and most popular players, has played his last NFL down, a source said Friday. Um, all rivalry aside, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Nobody ever wants to see that. And, you know, he did damage the Rams many a times, but... You know, you don't want to see that happen to anybody. Yeah, no, he was a hard-nosed player. He, you know, drafted really late. Was he even drafted? I don't remember. I know he was out of Stanford, right? I, I think I he was an undrafted free agent. I think he was, dude. Yeah. And that's why he was so gung-ho for- once he got an opportunity. And uh, I've always been a fan of him. Humble guy, great on and off the field, great player. He just happened to play for one of our rivals. But I have nothing but respect for Doug Baldwin. So just to update in recent picks, uh, at 81, the, the Lions took Will Harris, the safety from Boston College. 82, the Titans took Nate Davis from Charlotte Guard. 83, the Steelers take Justin Lane from Michigan State cornerback. The Chiefs, we heard us just a few minutes ago grieving the loss. Kalen Sanders goes to the Chiefs at defensive tackle Western Illinois. The Ravens get Jalen Ferguson, defensive end, Louisiana Tech. And the Titans, sorry, not the Titans, the Texans are up now. With their thick, their pick, Paul by the Patriots. Uh, what was your best pick, guys, of the second round? Oh man, you're gonna make me go back to it. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go back to it. I'll start. Um, I like I like uh, Greedy Williams to the Browns. That was a good pick. The um, that team has just done a really good job lately over the last few years of drafting players. And they continue to do so, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. So that was a good pick. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say Joan Williams to the Patriots. Ooh, why? Just a really solid corner. He's going to fit their scheme really well. He's a freaking solid dude. Went to Vanderbilt. You know he's smart. He's just he's just going to be another one of those plug and play players that those guys get. Yeah, I'm a big fan of big corners. He's 6'4", 211. I like those long, lanky cornerbacks. He's going to be good. Hey, by the way, guys, I actually really like uh, – my guy is, is going to be the same as Tommy. I really like the Greedy Williams pick to the Browns. Uh, the Browns just – I remember when John Dorsey came in as general manager there in Cleveland, and one of the, and people didn't like him saying this. He said this, this roster basically has no talent. And – ticked off a lot of people when he said that and look what he's done with that roster since then all of a sudden they they might have i mean where would you rank the browns roster right now i'm just thinking but they might have wait top two top three talent right now in the afc just raw talent. pretty close 
Yeah, that's pretty close. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm still not sold on their quarterback. I know he had a good rookie year, but I'm still not sold on him. So, um, yeah, they have a lot of talent, but they got to put it together. They have no continuity on their co- coaching staff ever. So, yeah. not completely sold on those guys yet. And they have a lot of big personalities that they're going to have to deal with with a rookie head coach. And, you know, the thing is, is what the Browns are doing, though, to deal with that quarterback, you're mentioning you're not sold in Baker Mayfield, but I will say this, they're putting enough talent around him to where he doesn't have to be perfect. Like, he doesn't have to carry the team. And so that's that's a big deal for a young quarterback to not have to worry about carrying the workload. I think it's been a big deal for Jared Goff, by the way. The Rams went out there and got talent around him real quick. And they're allowing him to grow as a quarterback. And I get tired of hearing, by the way, all the criticism on Jared Goff as much as he takes when, you know, a lot of the problems we're seeing with Jared Goff are problems that any young quarterback is going to have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just never really thought. I don't know. He's he's another one of those head case guys to me. Um, I know he came out and played decent, but I I think he's a head case. I think he's going to go under. I, I that's just my thoughts. Um, but, you know, on that note, just, just to looking at this draft right here, Patriots just got their freaking goal line back, guys. Damian Harris, right? Yeah. Damian Harris, yep. So still it's looking just, here, going back to social media. We're bouncing around, guys, quite a bit, but there's a lot going on. Social media, any more, any more trash talking here? We're bouncing around a lot, but at least we don't have long spurts of dead air. <laughs> that's the whole goal here it is getting late about 10.45 Eastern Time 7.45 out there in California the um, what we're seeing here is a lot of criticism towards the running back is what I'm seeing but a lot of folks are also excited as well for what the Rams have done so I guess we could say it's a mixed bag I'm waiting to see if anybody has a seizure over Kalen Saunders though you know, you know, you know what? I, I'm looking at best available right now. If if this holds out true, I think Connor McGovern would be a great pick for us coming up here in a few picks. Just sorry, I just no. That that's fine. That's a, from Penn State. Yeah, that is a good pick. Let's see here, any more? Just sorry, but I know no, no, I'm all in in the place. I'm I'm moving around yeah. too. See here, let's see, and I'm not seeing really anything else. Um, in terms of where the Rams go from here, I'm still sticking with them going defensive line, offensive line. Rams Twitter is doing just fine. Apparently, best picks. I want to move over here and ask you guys about our NFC West rivals. Looking at what the 49ers have done, looking at what the Seahawks have done and looking at what the Cardinals have done, which of those teams this offseason has done the things that concerned you the most heading into the next season? Brian? 49ers. Absolutely the 49ers. I'm, I'm looking at them bringing in Nick Bosa. I'm looking at them bringing in a couple more wide receivers via the draft. I'm looking at them bringing Quan Alexander at linebacker. Um, you know, they've, they've done some things they're going to be competitive they had a lot of holes and man 
look look at that pass rush they're going to have now with D Ford and mm-hmm. uh, DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa. Um, they're going to have some wide receivers. They're going to try to get verticals for Jimmy G. I mean, I think they might be a handful. Tommy, your thoughts? What was the question again? I was multitasking. Sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> this is what we all do these days. Um, <laughs> come draft day, we got the multitask like crazy. We're on Twitter. We're we're checking draft picks. We're checking boards. We're checking everything. All right, now I'm watching a PS4 commercial during the, on the draft here. Yeah, we're just doing everything we can. The question I had for you and for Brian was: we, we, is how are you rating our NFC rate NFC West rivals right now and the things they've done? Talking about the Cardinals, the Seahawks. In the 49ers, and I guess the the root of it is which team has done the most that has concerns you the most now heading into 2019. Well, the, it's the same as Brian, the 49ers. But here's the caveat, right? The 49ers fired the one guy they needed to fire over the last couple of years to get it together, and that was their trainer. Okay, they cannot stay healthy my brother is a 49ers fan and every year it's the same story man this is our year and i was like you're gonna have 17 players on ir by week 11 be quiet dude nobody cares and every year it happens over and over and over the last three years um and it happened again with jimmy garoppolo you know running out of bounds awkwardly um not knowing how to fall not knowing how to i mean if you watch that that tearing his knee the way he did that literally was his fault if you go back and play that in slow motion dude just fall down on your shoulder, bro. Stop trying to keep running. He was falling forward. All his weight went on his knee, and there it goes. Like, learn how to fall. Give me a break. Live to fight another day. But their training staff has been terrible. They got rid of them. So if they can stay healthy, they are a good team. Look what you know they did with a much less talented roster two years ago. I was at the game in San Francisco on Thursday night when they wore the color rush, and we barely won that game. They dropped 30-some points on us. Um, yeah. yeah, they're a good team. We barely beat them. What was it? By two points, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they are our biggest competition if they can stay healthy because they have a talented roster. I hate to say it, but it's a fact. I look at that team, though, and I miss the rivalry of the Rams and 49ers. I really miss that. And part of me wants them to do well just to have that rivalry back, but this is also about winning. And. I'm not ready in that respect for them to be any good. <laughs> I don't want them to be competing for us, and I do see them as a major danger. They're building this team right now to be able to beat the Rams. The way they are setting that front seven up, they're looking at it to do the exact same thing the Lions did to us, the same thing the Patriots did to us, and the same thing the Bears did to us. That's how they're building that defense right now, and that's got me concerned. How are the Rams going to counter what teams 49ers are doing to beat them and knock them off their pedestal. It, that the foreigners are doing everything to basically beat the Rams. And they're, they're doing it with young talent, by the way. So not just short-term, but long-term, this is it's looking like this rivalry is going to come back together again real soon. It's not going not to be the Rams-Seahawks. It's going to be Rams and 49ers. Yeah, it's... it's always, go ahead, Brian. It's always been the Rams 49ers. I've never looked at the Seahawks as a rival. I know they've been our biggest competition recently, but 
if there's ever a team I hate, it's the Niners. It's always been the Niners. It always will be the Niners. I wipe my ass with Niners. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, the, the Seahawks, let's be honest, they're from where? The AFC West, right? The Cardinals are from where? The NFC East. They've been in our division since 2002-ish around there. Mm-hmm. I don't see them as, as rivals yet. I mean, I still see the Saints – the Panthers, you know, <laughs> the Falcons, those teams were in our division forever. When we play them, I get up for those games because I remember those rivalries as a kid. But absolutely, the 49ers and the Rams are the biggest rivalry because they stayed in the NFC West together this whole time, regardless of the Rams moving to St. Louis and back. Um, I just don't like, like you said, Eric, I don't want them to get good because it's bad enough. I have to go to the Coliseum right now and hear the 49ers fans when they're terrible talk garbage to me when I'm holding up my championship towel. They're still talking. <laughs> Imagine how bad it's going to be when they're good. Ugh. Give me a break. Do you remember that the 2017 game at the Coliseum, the New Year's Eve game where the Rams basically played their third and fourth stringers against the 49ers? They beat the crap out of the Rams today, 34-13. And I'm, I'm there. I flew in for that game. And Norm and I are there, actually, with Johnny. And as we're leaving, we're hearing these 49er fans talking trash to us about how they won this game. I mean, you aren't going anywhere, man. You're missing the playoffs. And you're talking crap to us as our team has won the division and going on. I mean, and they weren't just being... They weren't just kidding. They were sitting there needling people and trying to start fights over this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, dude, are you serious? Are you serious? Dude, I was there. I was there, too. I'm sure Tommy was as well. Yeah, I was actually on the field before the game, and I was walking around the edge, and the 49er fans were starting to file in and and gather on the visiting side and the end zone on the rail and holding up their stupid signs and, and whatnot. And me and my buddy Frank walked around the edge, and all we did is grab their signs and th- out of their hand and throw them on the field and keep walking. It was hilarious. We had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and nobody threw you out for that? No. Why would the Rams security throw me out for throwing the visiting signs on the ground? I just walk by nonchalantly, pull it out of their hand as I continue walking. It falls on the ground, and I keep walking like it never <laughs> happened. I'm like, oh, you dropped that. Keep it moving. Dude, they're so obnoxious, man. They, they are, really are. They are by far. Really there goes Connor McGovern to the Cowboys. At Good 90. lord! So pretty much everybody on, on that you guys keep bringing up, they go bye bye. Okay, Vashon Joseph. I still have that name. Still out there. Okay. So we'll see here. We are now eleven picks away from the Rams' last pick of the night, unless they do what they've been doing, which is trading back. Um. We'll see how that goes. The what about the Seahawks guys? Looking at their drafts right now and their draft picks and the moves they're making. We, you guys talked a little bit earlier about DK Metcalf and feeling that was an overrated pick. Then we bring up, of course, Doug Baldwin. Um, what have the Seahawks done this season to make you more or less concerned about whether they're going to be in twenty nineteen? Going to start with, going to start Tommy. You know, it's hard to tell with them because, I mean, look at last year before the season started, the media was like, oh, they're going to finish last in the NFC West and the 49ers are going to win the division, you know, and look what happens, you know, so nothing 
plays out the way you think it will a lot of times. And the Seahawks are really good at finding players either on the street or late in the draft that just fit what they want to do and get it done. And it's impressive, man. As much as they get on my nerves, they do a really good job of finding a way to win. Brian? Uh, man, I, I think their draft is horrible, but, you know, they kind of always have an eccentric draft, to be honest with you. Um, I think that Russell Wilson is going to have a down year because he's letting Sierra give him corn rolls. <laughs> I, I don't i don't think that they've uh i Death don't think that corn they've fortified, right i don't think that they fortified that offensive line any better yeah did they mash us up on the ground yes but russell wilson was on the ground all the time and i don't think that changes and i think with the lack of wide receivers they're gonna have i, I just see a downturn coming for them they just got rid of frank clark I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm not liking what they're doing. I mean, I'm loving what they're doing, but like, if I was a fan of them, I'm not liking what they're doing. Well, they still have Bobby Wagner there in the linebacking core, and they did draft somebody there, Collier, to to serve on the edge at defensive end. I they're they're a run built team now, so they don't have to they don't have to worry about him dropping back as much, but. You mentioned all these eccentric, quote-unquote, drafts. And I think sooner or later, that does catch up with you, doesn't it? Sooner or later, these weird drafts where you don't exactly draft for all your needs will catch up to you. And the Seahawks haven't really drafted for for the offensive line like they should. Despite the fact they're, they run block very well. They, they haven't really done a whole lot to replace the skill positions that they lost. So, and what happened to Rashawn Penny last year? They, they, they didn't, that was the guy that was supposed to step in, right? Barely saw him, except he, he had a couple great games, and that was it. So I look at the Seahawks and wonder, sooner or later, will they not, will they not get caught up to? Will not somebody actually jump in and say, not somebody, will they not fall off the wagon here when they don't have the picks, the players to, to do what they need to do? Well, I mean, the schedule a lot of times dictates how average or above average teams perform, right? Also, injuries come into play. We all know that. But if the schedule laid out for them this year is much more difficult than last year, we may not see their win total match what they did last year or exceed it. And, you know, there's a lot of variables involved, but can they keep this up? I don't know, man. I don't know. They might. They squeaked out a, a lot of games last year, and that could easily go in the opposite direction. They also give the Rams a lot of problems, too, though. They always do. Russell Wilson running for his life is always a problem, and it's always going to be a problem. You know? Brian, your thoughts? Hey, every every good run comes to an end. I thought last year was going to be the end. Maybe it's this year. I mean, we've all thought the Patriots run was going to end for a long time, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think we're coming. We're going to start seeing the end. They do have a good quarterback. 
they do still have some good pieces, but you know, that weird drafting year after year after year, and then you know, just losing some pieces here and there. I mean, it's it's going to come back to them. They're going to have to rebuild. Okay, and the Cardinals. And then go over to Tommy Cardinals, man. What are your thoughts on what the Cardinals have done this offseason and with the draft? Well, they're they're definitely uh, better than they were, but that's not saying much. Um, I don't see them as any real competition. They tend to, you know, hang around in the first quarter or two, um, but they get worn down. You know, they're just not there yet. They have a lot of work to do. Brian, uh, man, I I think it really comes down to is Kyler good or not. I mean, straight up, is Kyler good? I don't know. I'm not sold on him, but if he's good, they're going to be okay. If he's not, they're going to be way behind. Straight up. I wonder also more about it's well. It's not Kyler I worry about. It's Cliff Kingsbury. I want you guys' thoughts on him because I can tell you flat out, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the hire. I'm wondering what they were smoking when they hired him. Okay, it had to be some serious, serious stuff. But maybe you guys have a different opinion here. Brian, what are your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury? I think it's a very weird hire, to be honest with you. The guy was subpar at Texas Tech. Yes, he is a great offensive mind, but... He couldn't even win at Texas Tech, where the competition that he was playing against all the time wasn't that great. I mean, and all of a sudden you're going to go get hired as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I wish him well, but I don't think he's going to do well. I think he's going to flame out early. Tommy? Uh, it could go that direction, or he could, you know, throw something at us all that you know, defensive coordinators haven't coached against in the NFL. We've all seen um, spurts of different types of college offenses coming into the NFL and working in the short term, um, but that only lasts so long. If you can't evolve with the game and constantly change your game plan to fit your opponent like Bill Belichick does, you'll never survive in the NFL. Well, I look at it, though, in terms of Cliff, of Cliff Kingsbury and – I don't understand the pedigree of what they're talking about when they hire him. They're thinking young minds, are they trying to come after with Sean McVay? Sean McVay, though, came up the ranks. He learned under a lot of people. He was experienced in the pro game. Cliff Kingsbury came out of college, right? He got fired from his own alma mater. I don't see... I just don't see how on earth this is a good fit. I don't see how it works. You know, we're, we're talking about offensive minds. We're talking about the the ability to adapt. And how is he going to adapt to the pro game coming from college and not having served a lot of time in the pro game as a coach? I, I don't, I don't see it. But I mean, it's just my point of view here, I guess. Miles Boykin, wide receiver, goes to the Ravens. That's our second receiver of the draft at pick 93. We are eight picks away. I, now, my last question, really, and hopefully this takes us for a while because we're, these these last few picks have been super slow. We're right? getting close to this last Rams pick. Um, those three teams in the bag, how do you 
analyze where the Rams are right now. Where do you see the Rams in terms of the roster makeup, their schedule next year? How do they match up entering 2019? Do you favor them to be um, to re- to three-peat now as division champs? Or you know, is it time we see the Rams get knocked off their pedestal a little bit? I'm going to start with you, Brian. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I really think it depends on Sean McVay and his ability to adapt. You know, um, we were very dominant most of the season last year, but then you saw, you know, the Lions come in and kind of give a blueprint. And you saw the Bears come in and give a blueprint. And you saw not much ability to adapt, especially in the Super Bowl. So does Sean McVay have more than that one route tree up his sleeve? I mean, I really need to see something from him. I, I think he's a great coach and he's done a good job. But, you know, there's enough tape out there where people can really start to go out there and shut us down if they want. And we need to be able to be more than a one-trick pony. We need to be more than the 11 offense. We need to go into 12. We need to go into other personnels. I mean, so I still think we're the cream of the crop in the division, but we'll see, man. It's 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 always a crapshoot because, like I said, teams kind of figured us out towards the end of last year, and that scares me. Tommy? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of what Brian said because we discussed this um on rams uncensored we both agree that what we need to see from the rams is jared jared's ability to challenge his coach and not be afraid to step up and say hey man whatever we're doing right now isn't working we need to change this he needs to be the leader of the team and to be the leader of the team you need to get in your coach's face too right tom has done it a million times to bill you see him screaming at each other on the sideline Rightfully so. If something isn't working, you got to change it. And so I need to see Jared evolve in that aspect of his game. And I also need to see Sean change the game plan. How do you come out of halftime in the Super Bowl and run the same offense you ran in the first half? You got to be kidding me, dude. Like, I need to see some change in those two departments. Other than that, I- I'm fine. The team's going to be good. We lost a few players. It is what it is. We have a good team overall, and we have an easier schedule than we did last year, in my opinion. Um, so I think we'll be fine. I just need to see some adjustments against good defenses. And we have a really gnarly stretch in November, you know, against the Steelers, the Bears, the Ravens. Let's see how he does and how Jared does in those games. Now, at least in that with the Bears and the Ravens, you get them at home. Not in cold weather environments for those games. Yeah, and I don't, I, that doesn't really bother me. It's, you know, how do you adjust your game plan to the environment and to the team? You know, that's what separates the good from the great. See, what concerns me about the roster makeup for this, for this season isn't really as much the Rams. I think the Rams are still playing talent. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the four Niners catch up to them a bit. And I'm seeing some of the moves other teams within the conference are are making. And while I think the Rams still have their window open this year, and they do, like you said, they have a little bit of an easier schedule, these other teams that are are, are challengers here, the Rams just traded up to the 97th pick. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, but my point real quick is, 
I'm not so sure that we can expect the Rams to go out there and win 13 games next year. I'm not so sure that we can expect the Rams to be as dominant as they were at times. And I want to see, like you guys said, well, how do they adjust? They're, 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 we had the guy on, Taylor Colsty, the author of the Breaking Down the 2018 LA Rams Offense. Uh, he really noted in his book all the, how the different schemes are basically based on deception. So here's my question. Do they need to rely on the same 11, on the same 11 personnel set to have that deception? Can they adapt away from that and deceive teams the way they do in that scheme? Can they move away from it and and find a way to still keep teams off guard when you have them when you have teams bum rush in the middle, especially against those young guys, Noteboom and Allen early in the season? Can they do that? If they can answer the call, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I'm also worried about, by the way, I'm worried about the pass rush as well. I'm still worried about that. Well, just to, to interrupt this, uh, details of the trade, uh, Rams give up pick 101 and 133 to get 97 and 162, guys. Just throwing that out there real quick. So they must really want this guy if they're going to give up. They must really, really want this guy, basically. So they so they gave up 101? Yes. Okay. All right. So who is it going to be? Who's it going to be? I don't know. Let's see who's best available right now. Let's take a look at the board. Nick Reed's still out there. Uh, Joseph's still out there. <laughs> My boy Chauncey, Chauncey is still there, but I don't think we need another uh, safety. No, that's that's a great player still on the board, but we're obviously not going to draft two safeties. You know somebody I like. You know somebody I like, and there's two of them I like right here. And it's not really a need, but I like Riley Ridley and uh, Hakeem Butler at wide receiver. <laughs> I was just gonna say those two receivers, man. That's so funny. Oh my goodness! Not Mike was on the show. He's been talking about it for weeks about wanting a receiver. I don't necessarily want one because it's not a need on our team. But you know, at the end of the day, like. Come on, man. People get hurt. Look at what happened to Cooper last year, you know? You got Josh Reynolds. Probably not going to re-sign him. In a couple of years, we're not going to be able to afford Robert Woods either. He's only got a couple of years left on contract. I mean, man, gonna- what a value contract we got. We went and me and Mark went and looked back at the contract the other day. Five years, $36 million for Robert Woods. And look at what we've got out of him. Unbelievable. Yep. Oh, the Rams trade with the Patriots, by the way. <laughs> it's the second Good. Trade. Second trade with the Patriots. Well, yeah, I mean, Sean McVay's his best buddy. You saw him chasing around at the Super Bowl before the game. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. you got to be kidding me. I think, uh, uh, let's let's be honest, I think Sean McVay talks in his Derek voice to uh, Bill Belichick. Hey, He's buddy. Like, he said, Bill, I just want to let you know you're the greatest of all time, buddy. Oh, hey guys! I understand the respect thing, you know, showing him some respect before the game. You know, go over there, shake his hand, tell him he's the goat, and walk away and say, "I'm about to smack you up, old man." You know, like, come on, dude! Like he looked like a deer in the headlights. Oh. You know, like I've told Brian this too, watching uh, 
Jared Goff before the game and his handshaking on the sideline. A lot of people didn't notice that. I did. We were, we were at the sports bar in, in Corona with the Rams Empire completely just blocked out with people. And I'm standing there drinking my beer real quiet. And everyone's like, what's wrong? And I was like, no, nothing. I'm good. And in my head, I'm like, this isn't going to go well. You know, well, I mean, just, I, I was not fired up before the game. Let's just be honest. The Rams went to bed in the Super Bowl. They just did. Their offense did. Their defense played the game of their life. Yes, they did. But in how, terms of coaching staff, was that? that drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. I mean, it nobody. If you would have told me before the game the Rams won't give it 13 points to Patriots in that game, I think the Rams win. Easy. By like 20. <laughs> By 20, yeah. So, yeah, dude. Blow me away with that. Uh, I just, I cannot believe to this day that the coaching staff went to bed. And I think, you know, your, your head coach is... 33 years old. He's never been there before. I can understand it. He's still holding oh, responsible no. for it, but I can don't, understand Don't it. get me wrong. Me giving him a hard time is just giving him a hard time. I, I love Sean. He's right, great. Here he is. Here, but, here it is. Let's see what we got here. Oh, who's this on the stage? Who is that? Anyone know that guy? Our last Bobby Evans, offensive tackle, Oklahoma. There we go. I'm happy now. There we go. Gentlemen. I'm going to get off of here because the lady's going to kill me. We need to go get dinner. All right, so that's okay. We're, we're going to stop. Folks, um, Bobby Evans, uh, we'll let Brian go. Tommy and I will finish off the show. Brian, go get some dinner, man, and, and I will I guess you could be happy with your draft. There you go. You got your guy. Get it yeah, buddy. Offensive line. Check you later. Tommy, what can you tell me about Bobby Jones? What do you know about him? Well, big Bobby Evans. No, you're Bobby Evans, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Jones. <laughs> your hey, man. hey, Bobby Jones. I know it's East Coast, man. I feel for you guys. Um, I don't know a ton about him, um, but he's a big dude, and he's muscular, which I like, which means he gets in the weight room and works. I know you see a lot of – I pay attention to a lot of that too. Being a workout guy is important. It shows that you have a work ethic and a drive to want to be great at your craft. There's a lot of offensive defensive linemen that looks like they drive to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning instead of to the gym, and when, when they get out on the field on Sundays, it shows quite a bit. So um, as far as his physical stature is concerned, that's it's a bonus for sure. We'll see. Well, I look at this and go, okay, the Rams addressed most of the needs they needed to address in day two. Okay, I'm still I'm to the end of the day. I've said it 45 times. I don't need to, to kill this this horse even more, but um, defensive line needs some help. But offensive tackle, you got your secondary, both a corner and a safety, and you need that running back to spell to spell Todd Gurley. Um, the information here on Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Evans. Why, <laughs> why am I thinking about the freaking golfer, man? Um, projected to be. A round four guy, so the Rams are picking here between three and four, um, but there's a little more to him, okay? He was a four-star recruit out of Allen, Texas High School. He um, he had the tough task of taking over for Orlando Brown left tackle. He excelled in that role. Um, just a one-year starter, a one-year starter, and that's probably always a round four guy. So there you go. A little short than average, but overall, he has a chance to come in NFL starter. That's how he's rated. 
I like the pick that Rams needed somebody, and he's a left tackle, so there you go. There, Folks, it's been a long night. Would you agree, Tommy? I agree, night. man. It's it's time to get some dinner over here on the West Coast. It's 8.15 yep. p.m. It's time for you to hit the hay over there, man. Yep. You're, it is. You're, it is. So let's close up shop here, folks. Real quick here, let's just go ahead and, and say our good nights. If you would like to sponsor us, send us an email, RamsTop1945, or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget that we are expanding a little bit. We have two new podcasts coming, one for the Dodgers called Bleeding Blue and one for the Angels, which kicks off tomorrow night, not tomorrow night, Sunday night, Talking Halos. So both of our L.A. area baseball teams being represented. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Tommy at Ram, Tommy in LA, and Brian at Brian81277. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. Tommy, before we go, you got any final thoughts? I just want to say thanks for having me and Brian on. Um today i know we did our best to behave i know we are the (laughs) co-hosts of rams uncensored and we do get a little out of hand but we appreciate you having us on here today to talk actual football well you guys are part of our team now man so there you go all right it's time for uh us to go so for for brian for tommy and our entire team here at Rams Talk, we'll see you on Sunday night when Mike and I break down the draft. And have a great one, folks. Take it easy. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry. Action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it, with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.